Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. Today's sponsor is actually my own holiday gift guide, which you all must check out at zibbyowens.com slash gift shop zibbyowens.com slash gift shop. I have so many amazing things organized by all the things moms don't have time to do, like eat, sleep, work out. I don't know. There are 10 different categories and they're amazing and read. There's so many reading gifts and writing gifts. Um, my daughter's here with me today and I was asking her some of her favorites from my list. What do you think? A hydro flask. And uh, you loved all the sugary treats, right? Oh, yeah, anything with candy. Like Sugar Wish and Nini's treats. I love Nini's treats. Um, and the Function of Beauty shampoos. Oh, I, love I heard about them through you. So, Function of and Beauty the Dylan shampoos. Thing I saw. Dylan's candy bar. Amazing. Um, so, go check it out. We have discount codes for almost everything at this point, and some are still pending. But go to zippyowens.com slash gift shop and get some great gifts for the people you love and pick up a few for yourself. Why not stop into the gift shop? I loved interviewing Alana Eck about her powerful story about her mother's loss and her own weight journey and forming her business, Stylish Spoon. She's, by the way, giving listeners a discount for her amazing confections, one of which is a vegan oatmeal chocolate chip chia cup, which I love and actually need to order today now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway, the code is moms don't have time to, and it's on my holiday gift guide at zibbyowens.com slash gift shop. So in case you don't remember it, just go to the gift shop on my website and you'll find the code, but go definitely check out her stylish spoon treats because they're amazing and listen to our really moving conversation. Welcome Alana. Thank you so much for coming on moms don't have time to lose weight. Thank you so much for having me, Zibby. Especially during this Thanksgiving time. I know this will come out kind of after Thanksgiving, but I don't know. Food is on everybody's minds these days. (laughs) It is. It's a source of comfort too. And that's not always a terrible thing. I'm particularly excited to talk to you because I think of you most mornings as I have your oatmeal cups and my husband has the oatmeal cups and they've been just, I don't know. It's like you're on my counter. So anyway, I'm excited. So tell me, I'm so happy to hear that. (laughs) Tell me your whole story. Like tell me about you in terms of your own personal weight journey and then how you ended up founding a business that makes sort of better for you delicious treats and how everything kind of ties in. Okay. So my story really starts with me growing up having a mom who died when I was really young. And I was nine years old and my mom was an amazing baker and I used to bake with her in the kitchen and I was the youngest of four. So it was like one of the ways that I could get one-on-one time with her because no one else really had an interest in it. So I was like always under her feet in the kitchen while she was baking and I learned a ton from her. And my mom was really ahead of her times. She was someone who composted. She sprouted her own sprouts. She sweetened all her baked goods naturally with dates and applesauce. But she was a mom of four, as you know, and she 
although she did some of those practices, she didn't implement enough self-care and take good enough care of herself. She didn't exercise and she ended up getting breast cancer. And she even, I mean, the reason why she died partly was because she didn't go to the doctor for like three years. And so by the time they caught it, it was so far beyond. Like she just didn't take care of herself in that way. She always put her kids first. So that's something like I'll talk more about later, but like as a mom, that's so important to me to keep up with you know, my own self-care. And I don't mean that in the like, you know, putting eye patches under my eyes, but like making my own regular appointments, having my yearly mammograms, meditating, exercising, all of those things, because I think that they play so much into breast cancer, which is in my family, unfortunately on both sides. So we've all been tested for the gene and none of us have it. There's three of us girls, my brother, my mom's sister, my grandmother, no one has the gene. So it was likely environmental for my mom. And so, you know, I turned to food and the kitchen after my mom died. That was like where I found comfort was baking like, you know, with with her baking tools and being where we used to spend time together. Wait, wait, can we slow down? Can I ask you more questions about that time of your life? So how long was she sick for? Like, did you know, was it a prolonged illness once she figured it out? It was about a year and a half. Oh my gosh. And at first, like, I mean, I was young. So now is where I'm going to cry on your show. People usually cry on your show, don't they? (laughs) They do, but I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. I feel like when I don't talk about it as quickly and when I slow down, that's when I can feel the emotions of it. So yeah, it was a year and a half and you know, she was in chemo. She'd lost her hair. My older sister drove her like... Oh, Alana, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. And it wasn't until like the very end that I knew she was going to die. So I feel like... When I talk about healthy eating for me, it's like there's such a deep motivation for me to not want that to happen to me and to my kids and to my family. Oh. That it like comes from such a deeper place. But that's so much pressure to put on yourself too. Like the, it, I mean, that's a lot to hold on to. That like if you don't eat the right things or if you slip up, that's gonna. I, cause, I mean, you know, that's a I lot. I don't feel. I don't feel so rigid about that. I actually feel that way more about chemicals than about food because I feel like that's like probably what it was for my mom since she did eat healthy. So I feel like, you know, when there's like bleach in my house and this is hard during COVID because, you know, there's all these germs and we're using sanitizer and, and I've brought some cleaners into my house that I usually wouldn't use just because I had that panic buy also. Right. But those are the types of things that I do start to like spiral down worrying about is different chemicals and toxins and nail polish and you know all of those things that I try to say super clean on. I feel like food, you can have a little bit. Like I'm not eating trans fats every day. If I eat a couple things that are not like, you know, I, I think of it like 80-20. If 80% of what I eat is really good stuff. And I mean, like every single day I'm eating, you know, cruciferous vegetables. I'm eating quinoa. I'm eating kale. Like, you know, so if I have a couple other things, it's not as bad. But the chemicals and the environmental toxins and all of that, like even what's in our mattress and our sheets and, you know, that really, really gets to me. And what was the age spread with your siblings? I'm really fortunate that my siblings are so much older. My brother is seven years older, my sister's 10 years older, and my other sister's 13 years older. So they really took care of me especially my sisters. And that's like, we were talking, you know, right before we went on about Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving is kind of the holiday I miss my mom the most. And it's always better when I'm with my sisters. And this year it's just the four of us. So I feel like I'm definitely, that's probably why I'm a little more emotional now too. Well, it's like somehow, and it's not just you, I hope you know, like, I feel like this is such a family holiday, right? That this is the first time, all the other things have happened basically since March 
have been like, okay, whatever, Labor Day, July 4th. Okay, they can be fun. But Thanksgiving is like, and maybe the Jewish holidays for those who are Jewish. But like, I don't know. Thanksgiving is such a time where if you're lacking, if you're missing people, the support of other people becomes so much more crucial. And even not, even just like, you know, my dad down the block who I don't want to put at risk. It's sad. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I found myself crying at like my kids had to watch this. They have this annual Thanksgiving chapel thing. And I went to the same school and my older kids went to the school and now my littlest guy is there. So I've been going to the same stupid Thanksgiving chapel for like my whole life. And it was on Zoom and not the same. And I just found myself, they were like, why are you crying? And I was like, I don't know, because these traditions somehow are like all that we have, right? Like the yearly markers, the community coming together. Like, even if I'm like, ugh, I have to go do this somehow when you can't do it, it really leaves a hole. Anyway, that's such a minor example compared to what you're talking about, but <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm such a trigger, a trigger full time in every way, shape or form. So I cried at back to school night for my kids. Cause I had that same emotion that, that you had. Yeah. It's just like, gosh, when we did it on zoom. Yeah. No, I get it. Anyway. Well, I am so sorry about your loss and what happened and having to live through that. And it's beautiful that you've turned it into something for good to help other people, but I'm still so sorry and wish it hadn't have happened. Thank you. We all, we all have journeys and, you know, like soul lessons and life lessons that we need to learn. And I truly believe that. And I feel like this was part of mine when I came here and what I, you know, it's your mess becomes your mission, right? So I feel like, I feel like that's really true for me because, you know, I then like after my mom died, I looked at a lot of other things to fill me up in the places that I did feel empty. So whether that was food or I was really, really social and I busied myself, you know, always being out and doing things with my friends. And, and that was one way to distract myself from sitting with emotions that didn't feel very good. And then I went on a term abroad when I was in college. And it was funny, I didn't want to go to Israel, even though I'm Jewish. And that's like, you know, my homeland and where I've always wanted to go at some point. Like that was the, you know, the, the place that I got in. So I went to Israel and I was in the middle of the Negev in the desert and there was not much to do. And I had to sit with these feelings. <laughs> and it was like, I can either sit here and just like feel sorry for myself or I can think of something else to do. And part of that, and so I started cooking, but once I started cooking, I started thinking about like in Israel, how fragile life is. Like if we went on a hike someplace, we had to have someone armed with us. You know, you just see the people who, who live in Israel, like they deal with that every day, that like the fragility of life. And it made me think more about how thankful I was for my family and my sisters and the people I do have that love me and how I wanted to have kids more than anything because I always missed that mother-daughter relationship that I missed out on. I've said that to you, like when I've seen you and your mom together also, like I love seeing other people like that. And I love that I have that with my girls now, but there's like, there's definitely a hole in my life where I don't have that. And so I thought about how badly I wanted that and how if I was going to have kids and do that, that I needed to change my life for the better so that I wasn't on the same path that my mom was on. And so that, like I said, that I could do everything I could to prevent myself from getting breast cancer. It also runs on my dad's side of the family, unfortunately. My, my dad's sister died at 36 of breast cancer. Oh, so so it's like, it, it runs deep. And so I started teaching myself how to cook. And then I started reading about health and nutrition. And then you know, I met a personal trainer that became my friend there. And I met someone else who was studying to be a nutritionist at the university. And, you know, I started 
really like consuming every piece of information that I could on healthy eating. And I started retraining my taste buds. And it's something that's really hard to do. Like I was never a go to McDonald's and eat a Big Mac. My family, even after my mom passed away, we always had pretty well-rounded meals. There were always like a vegetable. There was always a starch. There was always a protein. We definitely had treats because we all have raging sweet tooths in my house, which makes sense why I own a bakery. But you know, I was never a Big Mac person, but you know, I ate a lot of bagels with cream cheese. That was like a big thing, you know, which is just like a lot of empty calories and doesn't give you give you a lot of like energy and nutrients. And so I started eating like a lot more plants and vegetables. The meat in Israel did not taste great to me. It was very gamey. So I started eating a lot less meat, eating really only goat cheese, but everything tasted so good there. Like the, the fruits and the vegetables, like if you eat a peach off the tree, it almost tastes like a Jolly Rancher. It's so good. It's like so concentrated. It's hard to get that flavor here. I mean, sometimes in season from the farmer's market or you get lucky at the grocery store, but it's not the same. So it was easier to eat healthy there. So that's really where I started. I started baking when I was lonely <laughs> in the desert. I started making banana breads and I didn't want to eat them all. So then I started making friends by bringing them to other people <laughs> and I started cooking. And so that's when I really just, it, I didn't have like a goal of, I want to lose weight and I was never really overweight. I always thought I was big boned, but I lost 40 pounds in six months. Wow. And it was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not actually big boned. <laughs> 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 and the weight just kind of fell off of me. You know, I didn't, the only thing I did for exercise was I walked for 50 minutes, 50 to 60 minutes, like five days a week. And I had never really exercised before that. Like I played some sports in high school, but you know, I, I wasn't amazing at them. And so it was like, you know, by the time it came to varsity, that wasn't what I was doing. And I realized like, wow, I really, I hate running. I hate like really intense sports, but I loved walking. And so it was like, it gave me time to think. This was before the time of, you know, I probably had like a Walkman or a Discman yeah. with me. <laughs> like if I listened to music at all, <laughs> it wasn't like I had a phone. And so it gave me just like time to think and clear my head. And I just loved it. And I came back like a much healthier person. And then I started finding a lot of people wanted to talk to me about it. Like, you know, at first it was like, you just, you looked at me and you saw like, I went like from a size 12 to like a, a size four. And so it was like, you know, obviously like my family and friends and everyone wanted to talk about it. And so I kind of started talking about my journey. And then I would just, when I got back, I started exploring more about like, you know, what are healthy snacks? I would go to health food stores and like talk to like health food store owners. And this was before there were like boutique health food stores. It was like, you know, there was like some older dude <laughs> and I would go in and he'd be like, you got to make your own trail, trail mix. All the trail mixes have so much sugar in them. You got to cut up this, you know, mango. You got to buy the kind that's unsulfured and doesn't have any sugar. And, and, you know, I just started learning from different people that I would talk to. I would talk to personal trainers about what they ate, like some of my friends who were in school for it. And I just was like consuming all this information and, and changing and trying different things with myself and paying attention. So that was one of the things is like after that, I started taking some supplements and herbs and I became so tuned to my body that I could tell like if I had a certain vitamin, if it did something to me. Um, and I feel like that was a really good learning for me along the way because it's like, you know, we say this in business as you're growing a company too, like test and learn, test and learn. Well, I did that with my diet for the last 20 years. Um, and you don't always follow what you learn, but it's really good information to have because then you know like what makes you feel good. And so then like flash forward, I've I've been a healthy eater since when I was a lawyer. I went to law school and you know, I continued to eat healthy and cook and evolve and all of these things. And I was practicing law and 
I was on maternity leave with my second daughter. And you know, by this time, I was, I was already gluten-free because when my husband and I got married, my stomach had been really bad at the time. And everyone was like, oh, it's, it's the stress of planning a wedding. But I learned afterwards that it wasn't. I went on an elimination diet. And when I added gluten back in, like my stomach was absolutely horrible. And then I started getting a rash. And then I would get like brain fog. And so I knew I had to cut it out. So you know, under the guidance of an, a gastroenterologist who I worked with, who was amazing, she and I kind of went through it. I also learned that I can't eat any artificial sweeteners. My stomach is a wreck. If I even have like one piece of like sugar-free gum, it's just not something that agrees with me. Like once, once I cleaned my diet up so much, it's when I put something artificial and junky like that in, I noticed like the horrible effects that it has on me, like so much more than I would have if I had just been eating these things all along. And and so I was already gluten-free, but after I had both my daughters, actually, when I was a nursing mom, I couldn't eat dairy or soy. And it was like tragic (laughs) because I felt like I was on this like super bland diet where I was eating like brown rice and bananas because there was so little I could eat. Like as a nursing mom, there's other things that bother your kids too, right? Like I couldn't have tomatoes. I couldn't have citrus. Like there was so little I could have And with my first daughter, it felt like joyless, you know, and there was like this one health food restaurant that was in my neighborhood. And I used to go get some of their cookies because I have such a sweet tooth and theirs were okay for me. And then they closed by the time I was on maternity leave with my second. And so I was like, well, I guess I got to make my own treats. And so I started thinking about like, okay, what are the ingredients I can eat? I can eat bananas. I can eat oats. And so I started reverse engineering a recipe. And at this point, I was actually had already been, I skipped over this part. I had been a recipe developer for Vegetarian Times and some other healthy publications. I had my own blog. I loved like entertaining at home. And that's where Stylish Spoon came from. Like I had this entertaining at home website that was just like, you know, a creative outlet while I was practicing law. And so I came up with this recipe for baked oatmeal because I was like, okay, you know, these are the things I want to get in my diet. I also want to get in coconut oil when you're a nursing mom and when you're pregnant. It's really great for like brain development for babies. It changes the, the quality of your breast milk. It's really good for preventing dementia. It's great for your skin. So I wanted to get that in, but it's kind of gross to eat a teaspoon of coconut oil a day. Like I was doing that for a little and it's like, it's hard to get down. <laughs> And so I wanted to get chia seeds in because I'm not completely vegetarian, but I'm really plant-based. And so like getting plant-based omega-3s in is something that I wanted in my diet. And then I love the taste of cinnamon. It's just like such a warm, great spice for me. And it's great for controlling your blood sugar. And so I put all these things into baked oatmeal and I thought about... It reminded me of these oatmeal cookies that my mom used to make. And then I taste tested all different chocolate chips because most chocolate chips have soy lecithin in them. Companies are starting to get a little better and now they're using sunflower lecithin, which still isn't amazing. It's still an emulsifier, but it's definitely better. And so I finally found one that worked really well and I put it in these baked oatmeal cups and I would make like a big batch of them, put them in the freezer. And every morning I'd take two out, pop them in the microwave for 60 seconds and my breakfast was done. And it like brought the joy back into eating for me. And so I was super happy to have those, but and then I started to notice over time, like they kept me really full. And then I noticed that um, I, with each of my pregnancies, I had gained about 45 pounds of baby weight. I guess that's just how much my body needed to gain to grow healthy babies. But it's still, it's a lot more weight than recommended, right? And it, it's like, not all that comes out with the baby, <laughs> as you know. So I needed something that would support my weight loss, but also help boost my milk supply. And all those ingredients did. Like, you know, oats are one of the things they tell you that are naturally lactogenic. Same with coconut oil is great for nursing moms. And so so I started eating those and I lost the 45 pounds of baby weight in six months. And I lost it so much faster than the first time I lost it with my daughter that 
I was like, I should share these baked oatmeal cups with people, right? So I started bringing them to like nursing moms groups that I would go to, the different baby groups, play dates and things like that. My friends who would move or had a baby and everyone said, you should start selling these. And I was like, oh, that's you know a nice compliment, but I'm a lawyer. So then I went back to work and I'm sitting in the back of a stock room with like shredded paper all over the floor, pumping. Lots of moms, I'm sure, are familiar with the story of just like feeling like so defeated. You've been like up all night with your baby, you're back at work, you're feeling so depleted. And I'm sitting there pumping and I'm like, I've never loved practicing law. And and then I was like upset to be leaving my kids for that, for something I didn't love and didn't feel passionate about. And it felt really depressing to me. There's so many things that are good about practicing law, right? Like it taught like being a lawyer taught me to think creatively, be articulate and all these other things. But when it comes down to it, I can tell you that the thing I don't like is being an adversary. It's not that I'm not good at it. It's a, I'm a collaborative person. And so by its nature, having to fight with people every day is just not something I wanted to do. So I was sitting there in the back of the stock room and I'm like, I should try to sell those oatmeal cups. I don't know, maybe people are right. Like it's a crazy idea. But so I went home that night and I took a picture of one. And the next day when I was sitting in the back of the stock room again, pumping, <laughs> I, took, I took my picture and I posted it on a Facebook moms group. And I just said like how they helped me and brought the joy back into eating and boosted my milk supply and helped me lose the baby weight and just made breakfast easy. And within two weeks, I had orders for 250 of them. Oh my gosh. So there I was like, you know, working all day as a lawyer, going home to my Upper West Side apartment, making all these oatmeal cups after I put my kids to bed until like two in the morning, packaging them, stuffing my freezer full of them, delivering them myself on my way to work, like all over the Upper East and Upper West Side. And then, you know, it got to be a point where after a few months, I was like, oh my God, I need a commercial kitchen. I can't do this. Like it's actually a thing. Right. So then I moved to a commercial kitchen and then I, you know, it's, it's been building ever since then. So that was four and a half years ago. I am and- so bummed out that I had my kids before you started this because I like suffered through all that disgusting, like mother's milk tea and like yeah, all terrible <laughs> remedies and everything was terrible and disgusting. And if I had had the oatmeal cups, oh my gosh, I would have been so thrilled. I mean, I'm thrilled now, not as a nursing mom, but it particularly that would have been amazing. So, so okay. So- Moved to the commercial kitchen and you start kept baking there and then expanded. So I kept baking there and then people started asking for subscriptions. They're like, you know, I'm a mom. I keep forgetting to order. Is there any way we could just have this on subscription? And then I, like, it's so funny because a lot of people start out their business and they're like, I'm going to be a digitally native, you know, subscription-based business. And that was like mine, like evolved so organically, like people suggested it to me. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that seems like a good idea. And oh my gosh, that makes it so much easier for me too, in terms of planning and ordering and production and all those things. You know, it took me a while to perfect my my recipe in a commercial setting. You know, I've been a home baker. My mom was a home baker, but baking in a commercial kitchen is a totally different thing. It took 18 months. I remember to really perfect it and know exactly every factor, like the temperature of the water, exactly how many minutes we can mix it for in a giant Hobart mixer, like oats break down so they can get kind of like gummy or gelatinous, like to make sure that everything stays consistent from batch to batch. I remember sometimes I was thinking like, why would anyone ever buy a company or like buy a recipe from someone? Like they could just make it. They could just hire scientists. And then I'm like, no, it would be like 18 months in a commercial kitchen of them doing it. Like now, now I understand that sometimes when people do it. But so we perfected, I, I perfected the recipe. And then I started building my team because you know my business started growing. And 
it was really word of mouth that got it around. And still, that's like the number one way. We haven't done a lot of advertising or marketing. I do a lot of events. Like, you know, I've done events with you, which I absolutely miss and love. I do a lot of fitness events at Lululemon, Athleta, Sweaty Betty. And that's something I miss so much because I love, you know, I love that I get to do a workout or I love that I get to be a part of your book club too. You know, like I miss all those community things right now, which I'm sure everyone does. Are you actually baking or do you have a co-packer now or are you still... So... I don't have a co-packer. We've we've thought about going to a co-packer, but the quality and consistency just really isn't there and I can't have the oversight. So I hired a pastry chef. She used to be the pastry chef at Sullivan Street Bakery. She's very talented. You know, we baked side by side for months. I taught her how to make all my recipes. We have them all in a binder now. Everything is scaled, you know, to huge batches. She has an assistant. We have two other women on our team. So the team is growing. And so now, you know, I don't do the actual baking. I do a lot of the other parts of, you know, getting the word out, social media, doing events, being the forward facing part of the brand. That is so cool. That's just, I love that story. My other question was, this has like nothing to do with weight loss. This is now like an operations question. So do you freeze them all and then you ship them frozen or like, how is it working? So we ship them fresh baked right now. And I should know this because I've opened Yeah, we make sure they get there in two to three days, but we're going to be transitioning to frozen shipping as we scale and grow. Just it's easier to ship nationwide and, you know, in inclement weather and all of those things. So we're going to be transitioning to that, but yeah. And, and like back to the weight loss thing, like I love that they have now been a way for me to be an influence in people's lives and how they eat healthy. And like to that point, like, yes, we're a healthy bakery and it's gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, vegan, all of those things. But I do a lot of work doing different, you know, when we can converse, have different events where I've, you know, talked to moms about how to feed your kids healthier. I've talked to women about how to take care of yourselves, like, you know, as a mom to carve out that time. and talking about meditation is now something that I've thought about, like discussing with my community. And so building a community, having people that I get to you know, share my healthy eating journey with and hopefully influence them, even in some small way to make some change that'll be you know, better for their lives so they can be around longer for their kids and their families and the people who love them. Like That's what keeps me going every day. So one of my like pipe dreams that I'm not sure if I want to actually do or not is start my own publishing company, like my own imprint. And one of the reasons why is because when I hear people like you talking, I am like, this has to be a book and I want to like work with Alana and like, I'm so excited to like take this idea from this stage to seeing that book on the shelf and like having other people read her story. Cause you, you have a book that you just like told me a book. Let's do it. (laughs) Have you thought about writing? Do you like to write at all? I mean, you must. I love to write. Yeah, I love to write. write. I was an appellate attorney. So that was what I did was write. And you had a blog. I had a blog. I'm limited on time right now, (laughs) as we all are. But it's something I absolutely love. So I would love that. I would love to have a book. I would love to have cookbooks. I would you know, love to keep up with all of that. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm happy to help you. I don't have a publishing (laughs) imprint as you well know, but not uh, yet. Not yet. If there's anything I can do though, because I want that book and I want to read that book and it's like part memoir and part recipes and I can see the whole thing and I can see the cover and it's going to be amazing. So a huge compliment from you. Thank you. More on that later. Well, just as like a parting question, do you have any advice? I know it's like Thanksgiving time and emotions are high and you're all in on helping people live like their healthiest versions of their lives and having their bodies be as clean and, you know, long-term health conscious. What are any last minute tips you have for like getting through this whole holiday season? 
Um, I think don't deprive yourself. Like, I know that's, that sounds like a a weird thing for me to say (laughs) in terms of, you know, like I I have the healthier treats, but if there's something that you love to eat this holiday, like eat it, just eat a few bites of it or make a healthier version of it or use coconut sugar instead of brown sugar. Like it's, this is a time that we all need a little bit of comfort and that's okay. Move your body, do something every day that you move. And you inspired me to do this. (laughs) I was feeling so down the other day and I was on social media and I saw your post where you had just finished a workout in front of the mirror. And I was like, that's right. I always feel better after a workout. Like, you know, even all of us forget the things we know sometimes and we can inspire each other in different ways. And I got up and I did a pop sugar fitness video for like 30 minutes and I felt so much better. Like the whole rest of my day was better. And so I feel like doing something, spending time in nature, walking in nature, um, doing something that like feeds your soul in that way. Um, And then I'm big on meditation now. So even if you listen to a guided meditation, if you go on YouTube and type in affirmations, positive affirmations, something, something that you can carve out even five minutes. Like I tell my kids, they'll come sometimes while I'm meditating and tap me on the shoulder. Like I'm literally, I've meditated for over 500 straight days. They know this is the deal. (laughs) They still come over and sometimes tap on me. And I just either ignore them or I open my eyes and I say, I'm not available for another 10 minutes. And I feel like creating that boundary and that space of just carving it out for me makes a big difference in my mental health and, and then sets me up for a better day of doing the rest of the things for myself that I need to do to make myself healthier. Wow. I think the book should be called something like a spoonful of dot, dot, like a spoonful of, it has to have a spoon in it. I'm going to just work on this. I'm going to come up with this whole proposal for you. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) Also, because I keep ordering and sometimes I leave them out on the counter, your treats. Maybe I should say this afterwards, but just make sure like I am not good at reading directions and they do go bad if you don't eat them fast enough or if you don't freeze I them. No, we don't use any preservatives. Yeah. So it's funny. Sometimes people leave that, like they'll leave them out for two weeks and then they'll be like, oh, they, they went bad. And I'm like, food should go bad. Like Michael I know, Paul I know. I'm just like, like, Real food should go bad. <laughs> I think I'm going to eat them faster than I do. And then I don't. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, it went bad. I can't believe it. You know? And so- they should stay frozen and then you take them out one at a time, right? That's a lot better. That's exactly what I do. I take them out of the freezer every morning and I put them in the microwave straight okay. from the freezer. Or you can keep them in your fridge if your family goes through them in a week. But we are going to be transitioning to frozen shipping. And I feel like that's a good mental cue for people. Like when it comes frozen, they're like, oh, I need to put this in my freezer, right? Sometimes when you have something that's fresh, you're like, oh, something can sit on the counter for a long time. But like I said, like real baked goods, not the ones you buy at the grocery store, they should go bad. Like no, you're right. If they you're don't, right. you're a hundred percent right. I wouldn't it's leave a lot of chemicals. If, a if cookie or a that. cupcake sitting out. It's the same thing. I don't know what I was thinking, but anyway. All right. Well, I am going to go order more of these delicious oatmeal cups now. And I know that's not the only thing you make, but that happens to be my favorite of the chocolate chips. So it's our signature. Okay. Well, it's so good. And thank you for sharing your story with me and for opening up. And I'm so sorry about your loss and everything that this thank time you. of year brings up. And wow, I bet your mom would be so proud of you with all of the stuff you you so much. And now you're going to make me cry again. (laughs) I wonder like if this was a movie, because now obviously once we do this book, you're going to sell the film rights and it'll become a movie. (laughs) At the end of the movie, you have to be standing there like using your mom's bake. I have them still. I have my mom's masher, her potato masher. And I used it to mash all my bananas when I started making the oatmeal cups. And I would, you know, it was like this like tired mom, new mom in my kitchen. And I'd be using it and I'd be like, this was my mom's. And this was what she used to mash her bananas with. And I love it. Maybe the book should be called Mashed. (laughs) I'll work on it. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, (laughs) thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I'll be, I'll really be thinking of you this whole holiday. I really will. So 
Thank you. I'm thinking of you and your family all the time too. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to today's sponsor, me, <laughs> my holiday gift guide, zibbyowens.com slash gift shop. Please go check it out. Buy something for someone you love, and I promise you won't regret it. zibbyowens.com slash gift shop. Go check it out. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks.